Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Man, let's just give it up for God for an awesome, crazy, crazy year. Because none of that could have been done without God with us. No, that's just a crazy year, awesome year. And uh, well, it's my privilege to bring the last message for for Metro for 2018. Almost feels like it's the last day of school. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> well, our theme for the month is Emmanuel, and like I said, we we couldn't have achieved all of that and then some without um, having God with us, working in us and working through us. Um, I'm just going to pray, and then we'll get straight into it. Father God, we come before you, Lord, in the awesome name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you, Lord, that your promise toward us is to never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you come to be with us, Lord, to live through us and to have your way in us, Lord. So I pray tonight, Lord, that the word um, that you would bring through me, Lord, will be received, Father. I pray, Lord, that um, we would have ears to hear that which you would have us individually hear, Father. We thank you, Father. We love you, Lord, and we give you all the praise, all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I've got four points that I want to um, get through tonight. And if you want a title, it's called, pretty long title, it's Four Commitments to Refresh for 2019, to reflect our witness, to sharpen our witness. It's kind of like a part two from the last one I did. Every time um, in our family we have this running joke, we have like a, a spirit of Justin in our family. And the spirit of Justin comes with us when we go to barbecues, when we go to family gatherings. And it's kind of like we had the spirit of Justin at Christmas spirit of Justin is just in case. Why did you make that just in case? Why did you bring all of that just in case? Well, it's kind of like that when I prepared this message. I prepared it a few weeks ago and I had a lot of things that I wanted to share and it was just in case. So some of these you will hear tonight as we get through them. So we heard Pastor Jeff say that next year 2019 is a year of expansion a year of abundance, a year of increase, a year of growth, a year of seeing the tent pegs being extend, ex, extended. And I really believe that too for all of us as individuals and as a family. So number one is refresh our commitment to God's word. You know, when you're on your computer and it gets a little bit frozen, you just have to refresh that page. Well, this is something that the Lord was really talking to me about, and I just thought that I'd like to share that with us tonight. So number one is to refresh our commitment to God's word. First Peter 2.2 says, As newborn babies desire the pure milk of God's word, that you may grow thereby. How many of you know that we need the word of God to grow, to grow in who we are, in Christ. 
the pure milk of the word. Even in the natural, milk is something that is good for our bones. Our bones are good for our structure. So it's really good for our growth to develop a scriptural structure in our being, that we grow, that we grow. And milk is also, my understanding of it all anyway, is that it's good for your teeth. So we need the milk to strengthen our teeth so when it comes time to eat the meat of the word, we'll be able to handle it. We don't give, we don't give the four spiritual laws to a newborn baby. You know, doing discipleship, we don't teach about exegesis and all different things like that because they need to drink the milk first to develop the teeth, to sink into the meat, the steak of the word. So we need the word of God to grow thereby. So why commit to God's word? Simple. So we grow. So we grow. We don't want to remain the same this time yesterday. We don't want to be a baby, you know, four or five years down the track. We don't want to remain a spiritual baby when God's plan for you and I is to grow, is to increase, is to become all that God has created and predestined us to be. We need food to grow. Talking about 2019 is going to be a year of expansion. Well, Christmas, I had a bit of a head start. I'm going to begin to expand a little bit more. Well, I blame Christmas, but it was some other habits. John 4.34, Jesus speaking, he says, Then Jesus explained to the woman at the well, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God. It comes from doing the word of God. It doesn't come from knowing the word of God. It comes from doing the word of God. There's a big difference between knowing and doing. My nourishment. He says, in other words, another translation says, Jesus talking, my food is to do the will of God. The will of God is the word of God. And the word of God is his will. Jesus came to do the will of God. So his food, the food of Jesus, his nourishment is the word. So what I want to say tonight also is to be well nourished in the word of God. We can be well knowledged, doesn't make sense. We don't want to be well knowledged, we want to be well nourished in the word of God. There's a difference between knowing and showing. And the difference, the fine line between knowing or the hinge between knowing and showing is doing. Because God wants us not only to know, but to show. Show what? Show the goodness of who Christ is. Show the outworking of the word. Not just knowledge, because knowledge on itself, what? Puffs up. We can get into pride. And I've been into some discussions and debates with people that are well knowledged in the word, but they don't show fruit. God has called us to grow, to multiply, to bear fruit, to go from the knowing to the showing to the growing. We can't grow without first showing and we can't show without first knowing. Theology is the study of God and we need that in order to work out what we need to do. Become well nourished in God's word. The difference between being well nourished and being well, no, I'm sorry, there's a difference between being well knowledge in the word and well nourished. There's also a difference between being well-nourished 
and malnourished. There's a difference. When you're malnourished, you um, are lacking the nutrition that you need from that food. In the word, we don't want to become malnourished with the word. We want to be receiving the, the, the right teaching of God's word. We want to be well nourished in the word. There's a story about Mary and Martha, two sisters that had Jesus over for a cup of tea one day. Martha was about doing all the chores, getting everything right. There was nothing wrong with that. But Jesus was only there for one day. It's paraphrase on a paraphrase on a paraphrase. So Mary was seating, was, was seated, was seated at the feet of Jesus. Martha goes to Jesus, um, how, how come I'm doing all the work? You know, doesn't it bother you that I'm doing all the work and my sister's just sitting there? But Jesus said to her, Martha, 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 don't worry about all this. There's a song. Mary has chosen to do the right thing. So what I'm saying there is that we need to take time to continue to position ourselves at the feet of Jesus. Because when we position ourselves in the place where we're to receive the right nutrition, the right nutrition with the right conditions will also bring us to a place where the right fruition will manifest. So even us here tonight are positioned in the place. Every Sunday, every week at Connect Groups and Fellowships, we position ourselves to receive the right nutrition that has the right condition in order to manifest the right fruition. So from the root to the fruit has to be right. We have the seed of the word of God inside of us. The seed needs to be, needs to be planted, which it already has, and has to be in a place with the right conditions, which we have, in order that we bear fruit. What kind of fruit? Galatians 5.22 kind of fruit. The fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, self-control, and things like that. Be well nourished in the word. Second Timothy 3.16-17 to 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we need the word to grow and we need to be equipped for the work of the ministry with the word. Notice it's the doer of the word that is blessed. And I know we all, we all know this. So it's not just knowing. That's great. But it's going from the knowing to the showing. What's the showing? The showing is displaying the fruit. What fruit are we displaying? Not only here on, on Sunday, but what fruit are we displaying during the week? What fruit are we displaying when our back is against the wall, when the pressure is against us? What is coming out? Are people seeing the fruit of the Spirit on your life? Are they coming up to the tree of your life and picking the fruit and tasting and seeing that the Lord is good? What are you displaying? What fruit are you displaying? Matthew 5.16 says, To shine our light before men so that people will see their good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. It has to be seen. May Christ be seen in and through us. So again, it's not the knowing or the showing, but it's the growing. It's like Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing 
hearing the word. But James 1.22 says, it's not enough to hear only, but to do. It's taking the Romans 10.17 and the James 1.22. Faith comes by hearing and doing. So it's something that I know myself needs to refresh this page as a transition into a new year. Why? Because I want everything that God has for me. I want to grow. I don't want to remain a baby any longer, so to speak. The other, the other Sunday, a few months ago, some of you might have seen me wear the, on my left foot I had the Converse, and on the right foot I had a Nike on. And I was making that same point, that it's one thing just to know and to converse, just to talk about it. But it's another thing to do it. But you can't just do it, meaning the purpose of God, you can't just do it without first conversing, getting wise counsel. Conversing this way and this way, wise counsel and communion with God. And when you put the Nike and the Converse together, what do you have? New Balance. <laughs> and those are the shoes that you have to. I think Joshua said, "Shoes this day who you will serve." <laughs> That's a bad one. <laughs> oh, shoe. <laughs> He's going to read this little story out. The banquet hall was filled. To speak for the occasion, a renowned orator had been brought in after a wonderful meal. He mesmerized the crowd with his voice as he recited poetry and famous selections of speeches. Near the end of the program, he asked if anyone had a favorite selection that they would like him to recite. From the back of the room, An old man stood up and kindly asked if he would mind reciting the 23rd Psalm. The speaker said that he would be glad to do it, only if, when he was finished, that the old man would recite the Psalm 23 after him. The old gentleman nodded his head and sat back down. In a beautifully trained voice that resonated throughout the great room, The speaker began, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. When he was finished, there was a thunderous applause and a standing ovation. He then looked at the old man and said, All right, sir, a deal is a deal. It's your turn. In a trembling voice that was cracked by time, the old man began to recite, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It is said that when he was finished, there was no applause, but neither was there a dry eye in the building. After the event, someone asked the famous speaker what he thought produced the different responses in the crowd. The speaker paused and thought for a minute, and said, well, I guess I know how to recite the 23rd Psalm, but that gentleman certainly knows the Good Shepherd. And that makes all the difference. It's one thing to know about God, but it's another thing to show it in our life, in our relationship with him. The word is to verb. It's a doing word. We verb the word 
that is heard. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. You might have heard hearing a lot of rhymes tonight. I grew up reading a lot of um, books by Dr. Seuss. <laughs> so number two, very uh, intellectual books. Cat came back, uh, green eggs and ham. So number one, refresh, 2019. Let's go into 2019 and refresh the page of being positioned in a place to receive the word. Feed our spirit. Feed our spirit. God has so much for us. Number two is refresh our commitment to prayer. They go together, word and prayer. Prayer is a weapon of mass construction. It is. It's powerful. The enemy hates it. The enemy hates when the Christians pray, when the Christians know who they are, when they know that they're righteous and their prayer avails much. The enemy doesn't like it. As believers and saints and God's kids, we are charged to pray. We are charged to pray for our enemies. We are charged to pray for our leaders. We are charged to pray for people's souls, salvation. First Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So God's ears are open to the prayers of the righteous. Who are the righteous? The children of God. James 5.16, the second part of that verse, this is the Amplified, the heartfelt and persistent, never giving up kind of prayer of a righteous person, which is you in Christ, can accomplish much. When put into action and made effective by God, it is dynamic and can have tremendous power. Prayer, as we know, is communication with God. Your prayer as a believer is powerful and effective. Just like any natural relationship, communication is crucial. A powerless Christian walk is because of a prayerless walk. A powerful Christian walk is because of a prayerful, a prayerful walk. How important is prayer? It's crucial. Jesus often withdrew to pray. If it was important for him, how much more for us? He even prayed the day before he went to the cross and even prayed when he was on the cross. He communicated with God on the cross. The P for prayer. I want to say don't drop the P on prayer to make it a rare thing. Don't drop the P on prayer. Keep it there. Don't make it a rare thing. The reason it's got a P because it's for priority. It's for persistence. It's for purposeful, powerful. It's for prayer. Make prayer a priority. In fact, make it a priority. Prioritize your time in the throne room. Prioritize. Preparation is never wasted time. You get the text early in the morning, hey, can you pray, pray. It's never wasted time. Preparation is never wasted time. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray in the Spirit. Now this comes after a whole list of the armor of God. Ephesians 6.10-18. to 18. It lists a whole bunch of the armor of God. And then it says, And then pray in the Spirit. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer. 
That means there are all types of prayers. There's prayers of intercession. That's, that's praying for people to be saved. There's prayer of petitions. Praying on another person's behalf. Praying for requests. Praying for things that you want, things that you need. And there's also scriptural prayer. When we pray the word of God. We pray the word. We pray the word because the word is God's will also. The Bible says, 1 John 5.14, This is the confidence that I have that whatever I pray, I pray according to God's will. I know that he hears me when I pray according to his will. That's why sometimes we hear people praying, Lord, you said in your word. Lord, you said in your word. There's a whole authority dynamic there. We pray. Prayer is a part of the armor of God. And praying in the spirit edifies, encourages, and builds your spirit up. It recharges you. So prayer is a part of the armor of God. And if it's a part of the armor of God, it implies that there's an army. And we know that there is the army of the Lord, an army of God. But in my brief study, I found out that there was also a navy. That God also has a navy. And so number three... I'm going to talk about that. Number one is refresh our commitment to the word. Number two, refresh our commitment to prayer. And number three is is this. See, God's army, God's navy has a lot of ships in it. Authorship, ownership, discipleship, which is fellowship. There's relationship so we can have fellowship. There's sonship which is an attitude of serving. It's not an attitude of a servant. It's an attitude of serving with the heart of a son. Sonship. Son, daughter. Kingship and worship. These are all warships of God's navy. So in saying that, number three is fellowship. Refresh our commitment to fellowship. That's why I love church. I love all the, the different departments. I love the connect groups. I love the Bible studies. It's so important that we have this fellowship, that we cultivate this witness with God so that our, our witness can be so effective, our fellowship. Hebrews 10, 24, 25, and let us consider how we may spur one another up on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. The day is talking about the coming, second coming of Jesus. Another translation says, don't forsake the gathering of the believers. Whether that's in a church building, whether that's in a park, whether that's in a chapel in the hospital, whether that's in your work, wherever we gather, don't give up gathering together. We were never designed to do life as lone rangers. We were designed to do life together. Hence the body of Christ, the family of Christ. Every joint brings a certain supply to the body. God's about the congregation, congregating. The enemy's about isolating. Don't allow ourselves to be isolated. Fellowship is crucial. Iron sharpens iron. Proverbs 27 17, iron sharpens iron. It's like a blunt knife. When a knife is blunt, it's blunt because 
it either hasn't been used for the right purpose or it has, or it's overused without being sharpened. And that can be like us at times. Sometimes our Christian walk, our effectiveness, our witness can become blunt because maybe we're doing things that, are, that we weren't called to do or purpose to do or maybe we're burnt out and we haven't taken time to sit at the feet of Jesus. That we need time to sit at the feet of Jesus. Fellowship. We need continue to fellowship. 2019 means fellowship. Ephesians 4 and 16, he makes the whole body fit together. He's talking about the church, the body. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. Is the word again, grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Each of you have a supply to bring. There are many gifts, many graces in its various forms that God has given us. This, this room is full of people with such amazing gifts, amazing graces that God has put in you to get through you that others will be blessed. We are graced and gifted to function as a body. There are various gifts or graces that God has given to us to get through us. Fellowship is good for accountability, it's good for safety, it's good for prayer support, and it's good for guidance. Iron sharpens iron. So refresh our commitment to the word, refresh our commitment to prayer, and refresh our commitment to fellowship. And out of all those ships that I mentioned before, they all float under the one ship, which is the headship, the kingship. It's called lordship. The lordship of Jesus Christ, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our banner. And the last one is refresh our commitment to love. Everybody say love. No, 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 no. Love. <laughs> John 3.16, one we know very well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting love. 1 John 4.7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Romans 5.5 5 said that the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart and by the Holy Spirit. The love of God. See, love is a giver. Last Sunday I was standing at the back, I was serving on the Connect Hub this time last week and um, I felt a lot of love. People were coming in and I was getting gifts, uh, Christmas gifts, uh, birthday gifts and I was really feeling the love, I was really receiving it. And, uh, you know, love is a giving thing. And I, t- I turned to Pastor Bruce and I said, we've got to change your name from Connect Hub to the Love Hub. <laughs> I was, I was getting a lot of gifts. I was like, oh, wow, I'm blessed. So I was feeling the love because love is a giver. <laughs> we give love. So if you want some love, go to the, <laughs> go to the, 
Go to the love hub. There are many ways in which we express love. We, we express it in, in our different ways. We even write the songs. You know, the Beatles, all you need is. Lionel Richie sang Endless. Queen sang a crazy little thing called. Elvis said he can't help but fall in. Bob Marley said one. And then he asked the question, is this love? Then the Black Eyed Peas asked the question, where is the love? And then Tina asked the question, what's love got to do, got to do with it? And then another guy, Michael Bolton, said, I loved you, but I lied. He was honest, though. <laughs> Very different expressions of love. But there's another expression of love, and that's the agape kind of love, or agape, or however we say it. It's the unconditional, unfailing, God kind of love. It's the kind of love that we receive when we come into Christ. The kind of love that Romans 5, 5 says, for the love of God, the agape, unconditional, unfailing type of love has been shed abroad, has been poured into your spirit. By who? By the Holy Spirit. Why? So that we can love others. We get this love, this witness with God, witness to impact and to make sharp our witness. We get his love that we can love the, inverted commas, the unloved. God loves all, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You look at us, the team to come. There are many different types of love, different expressions. Pastor and author Gary Chapman wrote a book about the five languages of love. And he said that there were different types, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, giving and receiving gifts, and loving touch. These five things, as we can see through that video, are heavily reflected in this place, in this church. Every single one of them, words of encouragement, a loving touch, acts of service, giving and receiving gifts, and quality time. Notice that all these expressions of love are of the giving nature. Love gives. Love is always giving. There's no greater love than they that lay down their life for someone else. The filio type of love is the friendship kind of love. It's the, hey, how are you, mate, that kind of love. The storge is the family love. The eros is the romantic love. And the agape kind of love is God's love. God's love. Again, Romans 5, 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So family, I just want to encourage us as we transition into a year of expansion, as we transition into 2019, to take time, like I will certainly be doing, to refresh that page of the word. Why? Because God wants us and desires us to become all. That means to grow and to take, continue to take time in our prayer time, that we live a prayerful life and that we refresh the page of fellowship, connection, the one another's, and that we, this is a big one, that we refresh our commitment to love, to love one another.
Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Father, for tonight, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the greatest gift, Father, that was poured out to us through your Son, Lord. We thank you, Father. Thank you for the expression of your love in Jesus Christ, Lord, who you sent to die in our place, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for love, Father. Agape kind of love, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to give an opportunity tonight that if there's anyone here that has not made a decision for Jesus, you haven't experienced the agape, unconditional love that God came generously and willingly to give for you, then I want to invite you to make a decision tonight. You may know about God, but you may not know Him. You may not have encountered Him. Or if you want to make a recommitment to God, if you want to make a recommitment to to return to that point of departure, to come back to Him, then I ask that you would quietly make a decision in your heart right at this moment. Because it begins with a decision in your heart. The Bible says that if we believe in our heart, and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. In church, I just want to pray this, if you could follow me in praying this, and if there's anyone here that would pray this for the first time, I welcome you to join us. Dear Lord, we thank you for saving us. Thank you for dying in my place and rising from the dead. Help me, Lord, to walk this walk. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We have a, a number on the screen that we'll put up. 048882639. And if you've made that decision in your heart, you can text this number anytime. If you're listening right now, you can do it. You can do it throughout the week. You can do it anytime. And this is a great time where we can begin connecting with you through sending out a prayer and an encouraging word every morning at 7 o'clock. A prayer and a scripture. We also give you an opportunity if you wanted to connect with people that there will be an option there as well. And then following that there's also a a mini-series that will help you on your journey as well. Thanks guys. Amen.